0: welcome everybody we are back again for another exciting edition of the february 2023 virtual book festival we are going to have a blast as we do every night this is only day four (laughs) (laughs) so much fun so welcome sleuths suspects and witnesses This is our general schedule, we are going to try and keep to this as close with as we can tonight. Just as a general reminder, um, we are not going to meet on February 14th because I'm going to be eating chocolate. Okay, um, onward tonight's readings, we have two fantastic authors in the zoom room tonight. Dana Storino is reading tonight. And Emma Palova is reading tonight. We are gonna start with Emma. Miss Emma, how are you today, ma'am? I'm excellent as always. Excellent. I like excellent. to hear that. Emma is gonna be reading from her book, "Shifting Sands: The Lost Town." Can you bring that a little bit closer so well, we sir. can see it? There it is. "Shifting Sands." There it is. The Lost Town. Oh. This is a great story about a a place called Singapore, Michigan. It's really cool. So Emma, when you are ready, please take the microphone and read aloud.
1: Artemis was dressed in his best black tailcoat and a golden chain adorned his embroidered vest. He sat down in the last empty chair at the large wooden table after shaking hands with all the present board members. The company clerk from the store recognized Artemis as soon as he saw him in the doorway. Slick Artemis quickly caught on to the conversation that was all about the new bank. I must say, gentlemen, there was great resistance in New York to approve this, but I convinced them. Artemis smiled. Only a fool wouldn't invest in this opportunity. With Artemis and the rest of the New York company investments, the specie grew to the required 50,000 her organization by the General Banking Act. O'Shea nodded at Artemis, pleased with the fine gentleman's late arrival. The board appointed the cashier, Mr. Rob Hill, who came from New York City to Singapore to assist with the bank formation. Jennifer was flowing freely and Artemis was no stranger to it. After the party, he left for the Astra house, where accommodations had been made for him to stay. You were in my store, the clerk said. I was, said Artemis. I was looking for a place to stay. I don't see the lady orator here. I thought she was involved in the company business, the way she talked, like she was the head honcho. Miss Ida left for Chicago four days ago to visit her parents, the clerk lied. You can then introduce us when the lady comes back, Artemis said. No, but I can introduce her right now. Vash's voice thundered behind Artemis' back. She's my fiancé and we are getting married soon. She's visiting with her parents in Chicago. We will get married when she comes back home to Singapore. This is our home. Once your business is done here, you will be on your way back to New York. Artemis' face turned red. Excuse me, sir. He said, no one directs me what to do. Back at the cold warehouse, on the sandhill, Harbormaster Jack set up the coal stove for Ida to survive the next two long days before the stagecoach and the boat depart. Among the settlers' belongings, he found blankets and more coats. I have to get back to the harbor house. A ship is coming in, Jack said. You stay warm. I will be back tomorrow. It was a crispy morning when Artemis headed out into the woods and searched for the trail where the two on horseback had crossed his path. He followed the trail around the sand hill as it looped up the hill, overgrown with juniper brush and white pine. The horse neighed and stopped in front of the warehouse as it recognized Ida, who was outside basking in the morning sun that turned her blonde hair into gold, blending with the sand hills. Artemis rubbed his eyes to make sure he wasn't dreaming a dream spiced with juniper berries from the Jennifer from yesterday. At the name of the horse, she turned around. Good morning, Artemis, dipped his head and gave a slight bow to the lady. Ida recognized the voice from last night, trying to find his way to Singapore. The morning full of promises was young and crisp like their dreams. I thought you were on a boat to Chicago for a visit, he said with a smile on his face. You're the man with the deep voice from the trail and from the store. She said, who are you? What are you doing in Singapore? Ida hesitated to invite him inside the warehouse and stood inside in the morning chill as Artemis got him off the horse and tied him to a post by the warehouse. I'm leaving for Chicago in two days, she blushed. I'm just waiting here. I'm Artemis from New York on company business. We're in Singapore. He said, pleased to meet you. I'm Ida from Chicago on my way back to Chicago, she quit. And you, sir, should be on your way back to New York. There's nothing but wilderness here and wild men and savages abound. You could get hurt staying in Singapore. This was the second time that Artemis was being told that he should be on his way back to New York. But he liked the solitude of the woods, the sand hills, the lake, and mainly the pretty, feisty lady. They both watched the town in its bustle below and boats coming down the river. The river sparkled through the woods and <laughs> joined the lake in a unison of blues and greens. you are getting married soon, Artemis said. That is, after you get back from Chicago, right? I just stood strong in the morning wind from the lake, whipping grains of sand into their faces. The grains of sand were dancing in front of their eyes on the magnificent blue black backdrop of the lake and the sky. As they touched on the horizon, they were singing a love song. Both Ida and Artemis grew, grew up in cities that weren't cities yet, but had already ports, for stars, and stations. This vast wilderness, reminiscent of Sahara, showed new opportunities, new lands, new hopes, and new desires. When is the boat leaving? asked Artemis. In two days, she answered, I'm not coming back to Singapore. Why are you hiding in this warehouse? He said. I'm not hiding. I'm waiting. She said, I can't stay downtown. Ida didn't understand why she was explaining herself to this handsome, fair haired girl girl with a mustache. Aren't you going to invite me inside? Artemis said, shivering. It's cold out here. Ida looked into his green eyes, turned around, walked into the warehouse, and shut the door behind her. Artemis remained standing speechless outside as he spotted a man on a horse leading a second one by his side. They were making their way up around the sand hill on the road that crossed the Indian trail. Jack got off the horse and tied the horses to the other poles. He brushed off his duster covered with sand and looked up and down tall Artemis dressed in a fashionable black cloak. Artemis extended his hand to Jack and said with his deep voice, We met yesterday on the trail. It was dark, but yes, Jack said. I recognize your voice. You're the New Yorker, the new banker. Jack invited Artemis inside the warehouse where they found a table and chairs to sit close to the cold stove. Ida made some Russian tea and Arabic coffee for all of them. You should be on your way back to New York. Sir, Jack said. Okay, this was the third person telling Artemis he should be going back to New York. At this point, Artemis had no intentions of going back to the city where he had no family and no past. I am in no particular hurry to go back to New York, he said. Nothing draws me back. On the contrary, everything is telling me to stay here where the opportunities about. Plus, this beautiful unhappy young lady will make me stay for sure. He glanced at blushing Aida, even her ears turned red. If you stay, you will die, said Jack. I know Bosch. Killing has never stopped him before. In all his rudeness, he loves this young lady. The warehouse with other people's belongings whispered stories of vanished dreams, lost lives, and squandered opportunities, some at sea, others in the wilderness. But there were also stories of success like that of william g butler who sailed in on an four and a small sailing ship the madison built a shack and left the wilderness to start a new village upstream then known as flag all there was left of him was the shack <laughs> on the shore but butler left a lasting legacy of future sagata near singapore
0: well done yeah. And I got to tell you, you only had two seconds of time left. So you <laughs> timed that beautifully. Well done. Nice story. Thank you very much, Emma.
2: Time is fleeting.
0: It is fleeting. It's time. It is fleeting. Pause. OK, um, thank you very much. So now our next reader is. Dana Storino, and she is going to be reading The Golden Bee. Do you have a copy you can hand? Yep, bring it a little bit closer so we can see it. There it is, The Golden Bee. Turn on your microphone, and when you are ready, please read aloud.
1: Ugh.
3: Sorry, this is the most uncomfortable chair ever in life. <laughs> <I just laughs> get... Wayfair, Way don't get this one. <laughs> it's not good. All right. I'm just going to do chapter one, um, but probably not the whole chapter. It's super long. So I'll just get through um, as much as I can. All right. Sometimes I wonder what it's like to be normal. I mean, I guess no one is completely normal, but I definitely think I'm less normal than most kids. Stephanie, Stephanie, come on. Josh and Max are picking teams. Thank God for my friend Ada. When I zone out, which happens more often than I'd like to admit, She's always the one bringing me back to earth. I toss my lunch bag onto the grass and head over to Ada and my other two friends, Erica and Tanya, passing Mr. Bendick, or Mr. B for short on the way. Normally, Mr. B doesn't eat lunch with us, but now that the weather is getting warmer, he's changed up his routine and takes us outside for lunch and recess. We go to Mr. B's room first thing in the morning for homeroom and independent study. Our class stays together and travels from room to room for each subject. Then we come back for math, our last class of the day. After we gobble down our food, <clears throat> we have a quick game of kickball. It's fun, except for the whole team choosing part. Ada, Tanya, Eric, and I are usually picked last. It's okay, though. Sports aren't really our thing. Josh grabs the ball, barrels into Max, and declares first pick. He points to Angelina and flashes his annoying smile, the one with all his teeth showing. It's kind of creepy if you ask me. Definitely you, he says with a nod of his head. Such a typical jock. He's about as cliche as they come. Pushy, aggressive, and always has to win. Angelina's face illuminates like a firefly on a summer night. That's right, winners stick together. She extends her fist uh, to job, Josh for a bump, and I roll my eyes. Angelina is the class princess, a princess with a total tood. Ada's smile takes a sharp dip downward, now a full-blown frown, as she crosses her arms in front of her chest and lowers her head. I cringe because I know Josh's first pick stung. All the girls in our class, especially Ada, think Josh is totally hot. I don't see it. I guess there are jerks at every school, even Harrison. Harrison Middle School is not your average school. A charter school with a steam-based, it's a charter school with a steam-based curriculum. Everything about it is pretty intense, including our kickball games. Anyone who wants to attend has to take a difficult test to get in. The entire sixth grade class has only 16 students because we're the ones who scored in the top 10%. Since Harrison takes students from all over Chicago, most kids are strangers when they start fifth grade. Luckily for me, my friend Ada and I both scored high enough to get in. Our moms are best friends and we've known each other our whole lives. We do everything together. Ada's the opposite of me. She has white blonde hair and piercing green eyes. With her tiny frame and squeaky high pitched voice, she reminds me of Tinkerbell minus the wings and glitter. My hair is boring, dark brown, messy, and usually falling into my face. I hate brushing it. Frankie, my younger brother, says I have poop-colored eyes, and I sound like a boy. I can't help that my voice is deeper than most boys in my class. I would never be mistaken for a fairy. Nothing about me is delicate. Max locks eyes with me and points in my direction. Bud, you're on my team, okay? He's one of my most favorite humans, and has been calling me that since we first met. I was trying to navigate my way through the halls of Harrison on the first day, but as usual, I wasn't paying attention and ran face first into a wall. He witnessed my misstep and shouted, watch out for those walls, bud. Sometimes they jump out at people. When he realized I wasn't okay because blood was gushing out of my nose, he stopped laughing and helped me find the nurse. Nothing bonds you to someone like bleeding all over them. We've been close ever since." At first, I thought the nickname was super annoying, but eventually it grew on me and it kind of makes me feel special since he doesn't call just anyone, "bud." but hurry up, let's play. Max throws the ball over his head and everyone immediately runs after it. I charge toward the ball and attempt to get a pass in. A few of the kids crowd around the ball. Their backs face me as their legs struggle to take control of the ball. I anticipate where the ball might end up based on the crowd. I decide to run to the left because I'm almost positive Josh is going to win the battle. Although last week, Max won the face off and I think the time before it was Erica, which is odd because she isn't that whack. Ouch, my head vibrates and my cheek burns. I grab my face, open my eyes and see the red ball on the ground in front of me. I never understood what people meant when they said they saw stars, but now I get it. I shake my head and try to refocus. Once again, everyone is staring at me. The throbbing pain is unbearable. My vision is still kind of blurry, but I can hear someone laughing. Tears fill my eyes as I connect the laughter to a face. It's Angelina, and she's cackling like some kind of insane hyena. I have no idea if this was an accident or on purpose, but the pain makes me not care either way. Rage instantly consumes my entire body. My anger surges like water gushing through a dam. Without thinking, I pick up the ball and whip it as hard as possible, aiming at her face. My throat is less than stellar, and it's a hard miss. Unfortunately, the ball hits Mr. B square in his face and his head jerks backward. I squint my eyes, crud, why did I just do that? Miss Fiorelli, come here now. His face is red, but I'm not sure if it's from being hit with the ball or fueled by his anger. The ball had knocked his glasses off, flinging them onto the grass. As I'm walking toward him, I decide it might be a nice gesture to pick up his glasses and hand them to him. Stephanie, why did you do that? I wish I knew. He grabs his now crooked glasses from me, adjusts them, and places them back on his nose. I dig a hole in the ground with the tip of my black Converse sneaker. When the dirt won't allow my foot to wedge any deeper, I say, I wasn't throwing the ball at you. I threw it at Angelina because it looked like she threw the ball at me, and she was laughing. As soon as the words leave my mouth, I know I sound ridiculous. I'm instantly humiliated. I did not throw the ball at you, Angelina shouts. She didn't. Alexis, Angelina's sidekick, comes to her rescue. Josh kicked it and it accidentally hit Stephanie in the face. Thanks for the explanation, Alexis. Mr. V squeezes his forehead with his fingers, the way all teachers do when they're aggravated. Well, it seemed like she threw it at me because she was laughing. Using the word seemed does not help my case. I know Mr. V isn't going to understand my impulsive reaction to this situation. I've been like this for as long as I can remember. I don't think. I just act. He shakes his head. First of all, your aim is horrible. Second, what am I gonna do with you, Stephanie? I hear this phrase frequently. It's usually accompanied with, you have so much potential, or why are you rushing through your work? But my personal favorite is, you're so smart, but you make poor choices. No other student at Harrison hears this kind of stuff. Like I said, I know I'm different. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I repeat in my head as each of my classmates' eyes burn a hole through my body. Am I going to pass out? The anxious thought enters my brain, and for a second, I feel like I just might. It's suddenly really hard to breathe. Mr. B sighs. Uh Uh-oh, here comes the lecture. I'm sorry, I whisper and swallow hard. Thank you, but you need to tell Angelina you are sorry, too. Violence is never the answer. He turns towards Angelina. Angelina, apologize to Stephanie for laughing at her. That was very disrespectful. We don't laugh at others' misfortunes. Mr. B is all about respect. He manages to find a reason to bring it up anytime one of us has a disagreement with another student. He always says, you don't have to like someone, but you should respect them. Angelina glares at me and snaps. Sorry, Steph. Sorry, Steph. It's the most insincere apology ever. That's okay. I'm sorry too, I mumble, matching her insincerity. I cannot stand Angelina. And I know she hates me too. There was no defining moment when I am just like, for each other began. It was an immediate mutual vibe when we started at Harrison together. I won't call anyone's parents because I'm the only one who got hurt. He pauses and catches my stare. I'll let this one slide, Stephanie. But if anything else happens, I'm definitely giving your parents a call. These incidents are happening more frequently. Last week, you slammed your chair, into the wall when you got a C on your test. And the week before that, you spit out a chewed carrot onto Tanya's lunch tray because you thought it tasted gross. I agree. I'm sorry, I have to stop you there, we're out of time. All right, (laughs) I couldn't hear it.
0: That was awesome, I I felt like I was 12 all over again. That's fantastic, (laughs) oh my gosh so glad to have you as a new member of our community i I, welcome 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 thank you i'm sorry i missed the first couple i just was not getting these links and i was panicking oh it's fine no more panic it's only day four right right (laughs) so welcome everybody again to the mystery portion of our evening as you all know we have a theft that has taken place in our library who took the manuscript? The case of the missing manuscript. Somebody took the sardonic manuscript, which is one of these eight people. Chloe Holiday is a mysterious character. We need to learn more about her as the month goes on. Clearly, Melinda Falgo, who for some reason is missing in action tonight we need to find out more about her as well she's our researcher ruby fink our psychic is back she might have some information to share andrew Allen smith he is an historical author and has been pushing his book amy kelso is our head librarian i find it interesting that she and melinda whoops are both gone on the same day <laughs> Nelson, our library director, is here, hopefully, to keep the rebel rousers to a minimum. Marianne Wheland is also here tonight. She is our cafe manager. And Deborah Reed, our intrepid reporter, is here this evening. This is now your opportunity ladies and gentlemen, to ask questions of our suspects. Collect your clues in preparation for slinging your accusations at the end of the month. Don't forget, if you miss something, you can always go back and figure it out by watching the replays. When you hear the phrase, I have nothing to say about that, it means that our suspects either have no information that you are asking, Or that the question you're asking is irrelevant to our mystery. So I'm now going to open the floor for 15 minutes. Start your interrogations, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, that was your cue to turn on your microphones.
2: Hello, (laughs) silent smile
0: friend. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. All right. So we
2: can count on Gary.
0: Where are we starting? Gary, do you have a question?
2: Yeah, I have a question for Jules. I am curious whether uh, you knew Melinda at all before you took the job at the library.
4: No, I didn't meet her except for that week that uh, she got kicked out of the library.
0: Okay, anybody else have questions (laughs) for our suspects?
2: I think they're all real smart and they already know that you know one one of them people did it it's i I just hate it like that i kind of thinking it's that deborah girl she she's she's a reporter you know it's one of them things they're always in the middle of stuff
0: yep see look at
2: at that guy christopher
0: i have a question go ahead go ahead emma deborah are you gonna write a story about this you have a big story right in
1: front of your nose i mean uh sardonic manuscript disappeared and you have an origami horse there are you going to write about this
5: i have thought that i might yes well what angle
4: are you going to
6: take hate yourself? <laughs> <laughs> okay um,
0: so so emma asked what angle are you going to take deborah
5: oh well um I'm leaning more toward the angle of, you know, the historical writer guy who just, you know, seems to be in the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't know. I'm still caught up on the fact that he was like shoving his book at me, but that wouldn't let me see it, which makes me wonder, is it possible that maybe he had the manuscript and had just like covered it up with his book cover so that me and that's why he didn't want me to look at it I mean seriously he's so shifty I just
2: I told you it was my last one I I, I'll give you the link you go order all the ones you want
5: I didn't want to order one I wanted to look at the one that you had that you kept talking to me about and you wouldn't give it to me
2: why would I talk about it if it weren't real
0: so Mackenzie has a question um, Ms. Nelson, why did you meet Ms. Falgo after she had been kicked out of the library?
4: Well, she called and she asked for a meeting with me to explain what had happened. And um so I agreed to meet with her um the next day after she had been kicked out. So Right, okay. that's when she bribed you, right? And paid you off. <laughs> <laughs> well i did take her sizable donation because we needed to keep our library up and running and i felt like it would be a good thing and she promised that she would never do it again so oh because she seems so trustworthy
2: (laughs) or did or did she promise to keep the book and you you it was payment
4: well i also knew that amy would keep a close eye on her partly because she was mad at her because or mad at me because i let her come back but partly because she didn't trust her so i knew that we would she would have extra
2: eyes on her
0: yeah let, let's not sugarcoat this amy was angry <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, let, let's make sure that we noticed that amy's not here right now maybe they had another deal going
0: could be um miss reed mckenzie wants to know you had previously mentioned that this could be a job boosting story so what's to say you didn't steal the manuscript and get that really, to get that really good
5: story? So I don't have to steal something to write something well enough to have people read it.
6: Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> okay.
5: <laughs> I, I
0: sense a small infusion of ego there
6: <laughs> inquiring minds want to know
5: yeah, let's just all keep in mind that i'm playing a character this is not actually me <laughs>
6: uh, although you are a
0: reporter in real life so well yes i am last time there was something small in
2: the titanic that was some big old league over. there. Right.
0: <laughs> so do we have more questions for Katie us? I, Katie,
4: Katie I, go right ahead. I have a question. I have a question for Ms. Ruby Fink that I am very excited to know what the psychic felt like what were there any vibrations in the in, in in the ambiance were, were you getting messages what was what was going on with you when The manuscript was taken or were you good Uh,
7: question when the manuscript was taken i was out for coffee with melinda so i was not able to be on location when it was taken unfortunately however i am sensing a few things in the ether i know at one point i was thinking of a two but my cards also tell me that there is a four to be thinking of as well.
2: Mm. Mm. Sounds like she's she's working with that ether bunny.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
4: my gift once again. <laughs>
6: thank,
4: ether. You, thank you for recognizing the word I was looking for with ether and I couldn't find it in my brain.
2: Ether she did it or ether she did not. <laughs> either way.
0: <laughs> so um uh, Jules, I have a question for you from Preethi. She says, are there security cameras installed in the library that
4: we can check? Unfortunately, there aren't because that would make this job so much easier to figure this out, this mystery. <laughs> but um, I do plan on installing them with that sizable donation that we got. So probably a good move. <laughs> Any other
0: questions?
5: Uh, Ruby, since I don't see Melanie here.
7: And you were out for coffee with her. Does she often leave coffee stains on books that she's looking at? Uh, I wouldn't know about that. I've only known her for a few months. I'm sorry. Oh, I see. What was your interest in the manuscript itself? Uh, well, I can't talk too much about that subject, but I do believe that it is very important as far as the future.
2: Right. Jennifer had a question.
6: I I wanted to know of Ruby why she said she wasn't there when the book was stolen. When didn't we establish that we're not exactly sure when it was stolen? Mm-hmm. As mm. just in my notes, <laughs> it says I was not on location. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give you. <laughs> uh. I don't think that works as an excuse. <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to be, you know, psychic. Um, so you should
7: be feeling certain vibes about all of this. So much fun.
6: We got it. Mark,
0: mark McCraw, go ahead. Ask your question, Mark.
2: So I have a mess, uh, question for the cafe manager. Um, usually when, Marianne, when, you use, when they usually have coffee, people talk. So what kind of gossip did you hear?
6: It's kind of hard to say because they're talking so much over each other.
2: Mm-hmm. I
6: gave them their coffee and there was a lot of racket going on. And uh, Melinda was just yickety-yacking all over. And I swear, I think Ruby was talking to dead people or something. I don't think they were <laughs> actually interacting. They just yacking to hear them talk. And I kept thinking, and that reporter's going to come in and then it's going to just all heck's going to break loose and we've got this other strange man lurking around over here and what i've been wondering also and i didn't answer your question i didn't hear anything specific i got out of there looking for jewels went to sit by myself and i think that was during the time that the theft happened Uh, But Jules was not in her office at the time. But I'm wondering, all of a sudden, this book has sat on the shelf for years. And it's just sat there collecting dust. And all of a sudden, everybody's in there looking for it for some reason. It's like it was advertised, like maybe a reporter or somebody Mm -hmm. got the information on it and put the word out there. Or possibly, you know. Isn't that a curious
4: thought?
6: Mm -hmm.
0: Gary,
2: Gary. Gary.
0: Go ahead, Gary.
2: I have a question for Andrew. What type of stuff do you write? You do history. I do. I do. Historic, historic reality. I, I am trying to teach people how to collect antiquities and the way of the antiquities will show you how to make money off of things that are older because I'm surrounded by older have, stuff all the time. Have you ever seen a case very similar to this in your past? Well, I, I, I've seen many times where people had stuff that they didn't know what it was. And usually when they have stuff that don't know what it was, there are people that take advantage of that situation. But I have not seen a book like this uh, really like this. No, not exactly.
5: (laughs) Deborah, go ahead. I would just like to respond to the whole allegation that I was the one who maybe, you know, advertised that this book was out there and everything else. Because um, as we have discussed, I would benefit off writing about this story first. So it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that I would tell other people about it until after I had written my blog post.
0: Mackenzie wants to know, Ms. Nelson, was Ms. Falgo's payment to you a personal payment or toward the library if toward the library
4: you should have records that others were looking previously correct it's definitely towards the library um i do have it in the ledger that um, it is recorded that we received this donation um that others were looking for previously um did anybody say that do the you- records we're missing you, is that what
0: we're saying I think what she's asking is oh Christopher wants to know how much the donation was
4: yeah
0: and um Mackenzie I think she's referring to do you know if anyone else had tried to check the book out of the library I think that
4: was her question Oh, I, I don't, it was, you can't check it out of the library because it's a reference book, so you can't check it out, which is why Melinda said that she was trying to take it was because she wanted to take it home, but Amy would never let anyone take any research books or, yeah, research books out of the library, so.
2: But, but Amy's not here right now and. <laughs> She could have taken a sizable donation to not be here right now. <laughs> She's not <laughs> like a bus elsewhere. I'll <laughs> never know.
4: And it, uh, Christopher's question was how much was the donation? It was generous enough that I allowed her to return to do her research. So if it hadn't been so generous, I wouldn't have realized she was so sorry. Well, and it, <laughs> it, it is not usually the
0: policy of the library to make those donations public knowledge, right? Mm, no, not usually. So Mark wants to know, when it was missing, did anyone check bags that were not supposed to be there or did they check on other shelves? Mm. Jules, you were at the library. Did you did have um, happen we- To frisk anybody or look in other shelves for it?
4: Well, I would not be comfortable, you know, frisking anyone. But we did uh, we did question everybody and uh, we did check bags, and uh, it was not on anybody's person that we, I mean, because otherwise we would have returned it. Um, But um, we did look around on shelves, but you know, our library is pretty big, so there would be a lot of shelves to cover. We didn't find it anywhere around the area, so.
6: So it's big but only one story, yeah. Well, yep. there are
2: a lot of books, so there's more than one story, it's just one level. Well, that
4: was disputed <laughs> a day or two <laughs> ago. A number of stories just one floor, yes, one floor of books. <laughs> <another. laughs> but it's got several, you know, it's got very
0: high ceilings,
6: <laughs>
7: yeah, with the
0: loaders. Love-
7: I love playing
0: games with word nerds so much fun Um, mackenzie says might it have been generous enough that you turned an eye and let miss falgo the book uh, take the book home perhaps when miss kelso had a day off or was away from the main doors
4: uh no after she uh after she left, I went to search for this book to see it for myself and leafed through it. So I know it was there after she left and she said she was going to return the next morning. So I do know that uh, it was still there after, um, after she made her sizable donation and apologized. And she said she was returning the next day. So one last question, and
0: then we're gonna be out of time. Jennifer wants to know, was there any origami paper found either in the cafe or the library?
4: Hmm. Not that I found. Uh, Amy might be able to tell you, but I think if Amy had found it, she would have probably uh, been very vocal about finding that paper just because she's, she's a very-
5: little vocal about everything. And
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: that girl needs some help.
5: Uh, what was that, Andrew?
2: That girl needs some help.
0: Yeah. <laughs> needs lay off the
2: coffee for a little bit.
0: Woo! All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of another night of interrogation. Um, Just to give you something to think about for tomorrow's night of interrogation, um, we did not hear from Chloe this evening. She sat in very quiet stoicness (laughs) here. So just something to think about for tomorrow.
2: And and Chloe's never quiet. We, We like her, though. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right, everybody, thank you so much for playing our game yet again. So much fun. Let me remind you all, we are asking questions all month long. This doesn't stop until just February 27th, and the big reveal will be on the 28th in the Zoom room. Watch our um, Facebook page for links to the replays if you have not. Been able to be here um, the last couple of days, feel free to jump over there and watch the replays. They appear at 9 a.m. every morning. Our scavenger hunt is also happening right now. Um, Again, as I'm doing every month, every day this month, because seriously, guys, I could not have done this by myself. Riddle Master Jacob Bullen, thank you, thank you, thank you for your help. Um, you, you made this super duper amazing amounts of fun. Um, go into the, the website, open the doors. One new door opens every day. There will be a couple of riddles in there, some days two, some days three, um, depending on how many readers we have that night. Um, and uh, plug your answers into the story form. There've been a couple of questions about people clicking on doors and then not opening. Because the doors are out of order, you have to click on the door and then scroll up to the top of the calendar to actually see the pop up window that shows up. So if you're having challenges finding the pop up window, that's why. Um, Here's an update on our author fingerprint contest. Right now, Jules Nelson is in the lead with 23 points that she collected just yesterday. So she has our high score for the time. And here is the leaderboard for our leading detectives. Jules has 23. Andrew has 22. Angela has 21. Deborah has 20. And Amy has 19. Now, as you can see, there are just one or two points separating our five leader detectives. So and everybody- Andrew has
6: the middle finger. <laughs> if yes. you like, i will He's never giving experience. up that spot.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so, um uh, authors in in bring your reader friends into the room readers bring your reader friends into the room tell everybody about the insane fun we're having because that's how authors collect more fingerprints and again authors if you're unclear about how snazzy a trophy this really is um i would charge you to go over and make friends with christopher Gare on facebook and he will be happy to show you his trophy that he won last year at the festival. So we are now moving into the super fun part of the night, which is the nightly loot on the spinny wheel of happiness. Everybody loves this part of the evening. Um, This is where we give away free books. Tonight, the two books we are giving away are from the readers who read today, Dana and Emma. If your name comes up on the spinning wheel of happiness as a winner, make sure that you send me an email within the next 24 hours to diana at pagespromotions.com to send me your mailing address so the authors can send out the books. Authors will ship books by March 5th. So we are going to do a quick lightning round question one more time while I prepare the spinning wheel. We've got just a couple of minutes. So lightning means fast, right? So tonight's question is, you're sitting in the center section of an airplane with three seats across the row. You are in the middle seat. What literary character or author is sitting on either side of you? So that's two names, either a character or an author or two characters or two authors. We're going to go around the room while I prepare the wheel, starting with Mark McCraw.
2: <laughs> well, one is Dr. Seuss. <laughs> okay. and, uh, and I'm not sure about the other one. So you caught me off guard on that one. So. Okay.
6: Mary Ann. Chaucer and Mark Twain. Cool. Okay. Uh, Jacob.
7: Say you and Stephen King, we'd have lots of questions.
0: that would be fun (laughs) mandy joe tom clancy and his character jack ryan
7: that would be an interesting conversation uh ruby fink oh there are so many but um off the top of my head holly black because i just finished her trilogy and i probably want to talk to her about the story and how much i enjoyed it and also Diana Wynne Jones because I absolutely love her book series as well. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Okay, um,
7: Deborah Harris. Probably Stephen King and Pennywise. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Chloe Holiday.
6: <laughs> I think probably Arnold Lobel who wrote Frog and mm-hmm. Toad. I just I just love those. Um, <laughs> And then probably Toad for the other side, actually.
0: <laughs> Super fun. Christopher, what about you?
6: I'm the third person to say this. And with Stephen King on one side, Clive Barker on the other.
0: That's
4: a great combination.
0: Uh, Julie Nelson.
4: Um, probably Jane Austen, just because I'm curious about her life. And uh, her character, uh, Elizabeth Bennett. I really like that character, too.
0: Awesome. Uh, Lynn Mason.
6: Hi, everyone. I said, Agatha Christie and Stephen King. Awesome. Emma. It would be Henry Charrier and his
1: character Papillon.
0: Ooh, exotic. Uh, Jen
6: Rinaldi. Luke Mitchell and Kristen Callahan.
7: Interesting.
6: Gary,
0: turn on your microphone. Who would you have sitting next to you on an airplane?
2: Hemingway and J.D. Salinger.
0: That would be interesting.
2: Interesting choice. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Uh, Katie. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut and Douglas Adams. Oh, <laughs> uh, Douglas Adams is a good one. <laughs>
7: that is a good one.
0: Uh, Andrew.
2: I, this is a tough question because I've sat in that seat before and I don't fit. Uh, and Stephen King <laughs> six four and we wouldn't fit next to each other in the seats. Uh, I can tell you that for for sure. But if it was unlimited size, I will set him aside and uh, I will go with Stephen King and Mary Shelley's Monster.
0: Ooh, Frankenstein. Oh, nice. Uh, Jennifer.
6: Um, Grace Burrows, because I like her writing, but she's also a good teacher, so it would be a good conversation. And maybe Amortals, <laughs> if you know him, um, because of the variety of books um, that he's written. Gentleman from Moscow is... Very Fifty. interesting,
5: it's very fun. Deborah Reed. Edgar Allan Poe and Daphne du Maurier. <laughs> there's a spectrum there, OK. Uh, Preeti, what
0: about
7: you? Who would you have
0: on the airplane next to you?
7: Um,
1: Shakespeare and Robert Frost. Mm-hmm.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. nice i thought i thought about that one too robert frost uh, to me.
0: michael beardsley
7: author michael Conley, and character carrie bosch
0: oh that could be an intense conversation <laughs> deb mcpeak mcfadden if you want to turn your microphone on and tell us okay dana what about you
6: Can Hear I me. go? Yeah, go ahead, Deb. Okay, I would have Dan Brown and Emma Palova.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also an interesting conversation. Hi, Emma. Oh, wow.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, Deb. <laughs> Dana, what about you? Um, I would have, this is a weird combo. Um, Aldous Huxley, the writer of Brave New World, and Anna Martin from the Baby... Babysitting um.
0: <laughs> Also an interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, Star, are you out there? Would you like to tell us who'd sit next to you?
4: Star was
6: having sound issues, so she might okay. not be able to answer.
0: OK. Angela, go ahead. I was going to go with Edgar Allan Poe and Robin Hobb. Nice. Mackenzie. You can either speak or put it in the chat, your choice. Um, Who else? (laughs) Edgar Allan Poe and Amy Kelso. Now that's a conversation I would like to hear.
5: (laughs) Me too.
0: (laughs) That would be fun. Um, Okay, I think that's everybody in the room. Thank you very much, everybody, for our lightning round um we are gonna now spin the spinny wheel of happiness we're giving away two books tonight the first book is going to be emma Palova's shifting sands the last town and the second spin will be for dana Storino's book the golden bee okay are we ready let's uh share the handy dandy screen with the spinny wheel of happiness and yes emma like the box. Yes, Emma, I will share that information with you after festival's
7: over. Okay. Uh, Okay.
0: All right. Can everybody see the happy spinning wheel doing its thing? Yes, Yes. ma'am. Awesome. I did. I did. Okay. So hopefully I did it right. Okay. So this first bin is for Emma's book. Here we go. ben rinaldi
7: okay
0: here we go second spin is for dana's book here we go
6: congratulations
0: to you guys for winning the amazing books Again, remember, if you want a book, you need to send me an email to diana at pagespromotions.com with your mailing address so that we can get those books shipped out to you as soon as festival is over. Hello, Pepper.
1: She's so cute.
0: Okay. um, Any, any, I, I I would like to go around and talk to our sleuths this evening. Real quick, before we sign off, we have a couple of minutes. Um, for festival in, in uh, June last year, we did shotting, uh, parting shots across the bow. These are just uh, last little pieces um, that you guys might like to add. I'm gonna go around the room. Mary Ann, do you have any last yeah.
6: comments? I think this is uh, by far one of the most fun things that we've done on, um, on these festivals. It's been extremely interesting and I look forward to it every night I think everybody else is too. It's been a lot of fun.
0: It's been a lot of fun. Miss um, Ruby, any parting shots from you?
7: Yes, I won't be rude this time and tell everyone to eat my phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I truly am enjoying this. I wasn't sure what to expect and... I was dreading it a little bit because, like, oh no, I gotta spend an hour every day with a bunch of people I don't know. But this is really fun, and it, the time has gone quickly, and I'm glad I'm surrounded by like-minded people who also enjoy doing things that I do and write down the crazy stuff in their head. So, woo, woo!
0: So now, Ruby, oh. you're part of the you're part of the clan. You can't get rid of Yay! us now. I Chloe, have Chloe <laughs> do you have any parting shots? microphone chloe i sorry go. <laughs> obviously i'm
5: not at my best maybe i'm hypoglycemic since it's not um suppertime quite yet Yeah. There you um go. no actually this has been a lot of fun i um also kind of was thinking oh god what have i signed up for i don't know these people <laughs> uh, but no it's been a lot of fun and i already won a book so i'm excited about that
6: <laughs> julie
4: um <clears throat> I, I mean, I was excited about the the virtual part of it, but uh, I've never done a, a mystery of any kind before, so I was kind of wondering how we were going to pull this off and make it interesting, but there is no pulling it off it's just happened and it's, uh, it's been fun.
0: It, it, if it's any consolation I was wondering how I was going to pull it off too.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Deborah any parting shots from you tonight. Um, no, I just honestly, I'm having a blast. I think this was it was a really good idea. Like the whole mystery aspect of it has been really fun. I love how we all actually, I think we interact more with each other as we're doing this. And even if we just like had the conversation about the books and everything like we've done, and I just always um, like Ruby was talking about um, not being sure about doing it like every single night for a month or whatever. But I will tell all of you right now, Every time we get done with one of these, I just miss off you guys so much. <laughs> I've honestly become really good friends with so many of you guys, and it, it's just awesome. I love that
2: you do this, Diana.
5: Thank you.
0: You're so welcome. I'm happy to do it. And Andrew, you're our final suspect to throw shots across the bowser. Sure.
2: I can throw shots across the bow and be a suspect too? That's cool. <laughs> or maybe i would be throwing the shots now. This has been good and fun and exciting. And it's always great since I was gone one day and they had to poke at me. I can poke at them while they're gone. <laughs>
0: as, as, as my son used to say when he was little, turnabout is fair play.
2: That is exactly correct. No, this has been really good. Uh, We really appreciate you putting uh, this on for us. Uh, Do we have any readers here today?
0: We do. It had a couple. I I know,
2: but uh, for the for the authors, uh, watch "Written in the Mitten" tomorrow. Uh, There'll be something new coming up. Keep your eyes open. Uh, So, yeah, so author, keep your eyes open. I'm "Written in the Mitten," and uh, if you've written to me through another. Uh, I will be writing
6: to you, and
0: and I just want to also um, add an extra little plug. Um, Andrew is doing something amazing called Michigan Reads, which is a new program. Um, check written in the Mitten for more details on that, and then eventually I'll have them on Pages Promotions as well. But um, I want to just throw a, a really huge shout out to Andrew for helping indie authors all over the state and helping to give us a louder voice. We definitely
1: appreciate you. Wow,
0: um, <laughs> does, we're, we're almost ready to go. But one last thing, Christopher, I'm curious. Do you miss us?
4: Of course I miss you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, is, this... that was a baited question. <laughs> <laughs>
6: tired and crazy as this has been coming back to this is just it's like revisiting with old friends it's i'm having a ball with andrew it's fun to just kind of crack up i feel bad for the people who don't know andrew and i so much who are like reading these (laughs) little
7: side posts and seeing my little signs i'm irritating you know poor deborah reed but
2: this is fun (laughs) (laughs)
0: um dana written in the mitten is a facebook page check it out on facebook
2: Dana, if you're not on Facebook or you don't have access, uh, grab me tomorrow and I'll give you a link to where everything is.
0: Yep,
3: yep, we will Thank put you. everything up
0: tomorrow.
2: Say that again, Dana.
3: Oh no, I said I, I'm on Facebook. I just I haven't found all of you guys and I haven't navigated <laughs> through. So I'm I'm trying. Did you? Like, That's all right. It's,
0: it's. I'm only- the biggest
2: peer searcher.
0: It's only day four. You've got a lot of time to to get to know us and catch up and and join the mayhem that we do all year round. So again, thank you everyone for coming out tonight. We are at eight o'clock. We are done tonight. Watch the replay tomorrow. If you need to take notes and uh, invite your friends, the more people we get in the room, the more fun we're going to have. Um, And uh, and this is just, it's going to build in intensity and excitement and lunacy. So come on back every night at seven o'clock in the room, except Valentine's Day. Thank you so much, everyone. Have an awesome evening. Thanks for coming by. Good night. Good night.
4: This was fantastic.